Welcome to This Human Life with a Philosophical Coach. I'm thrilled to have you tuning in. I'm your host, Sam Kukathis, aka The Philosophical Coach, philosopher, human expert, and high-performance coach. This podcast at its core is about navigating the complexities of being human, whilst providing you the opportunity to go beyond any conception of who you think you are, really. Inside of the freedom that comes from not being attached to figuring out your true purpose, or who you are, is an opening for creating a life free from constraint. If that intrigues or excites you, then you're definitely in the right place. The ideas are drawn from neuroscience, philosophy, my coaching practice, working with elite leaders, and experience. You can expect candor, humor, vulnerability, and ideas which are unfamiliar to you, and some you may just plain disagree with. You'll also get the opportunity to hear from inspiring coaches and leaders. Now let's get ready to question what we know. Welcome back to This Human Life. Today, I'm speaking with my friend, Johannes Fessler, who's a certified coach and whose company is Emotional Support for Men. And specifically, what we're going to be looking at is learning strategies to get over a breakup in 10 weeks or less. So Johannes, thank you so much for accepting my invitation. And would you share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, first of all, thank you for having me, Sam. It's a real pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, so my name is Johannes. I am now 39, almost 40, right? Uh, two months ago. <laughs> and um, I actually normally are from Germany. I'm, I'm German, but um, I was traveling around the world for five years. I was 30, so I was working on cruise ships. I did two work cruises. I've seen all the world. And then I come to Mabea here in the beautiful south of Spain where I live. I had a cryotherapy spa here. And then I gave up now, and now I'm absolutely just really focusing on my calling, and, and that is coaching. I had a breakup on my own in 2018, the end of 2018, and it was quite a tough breakup, and it was after five years. And normally, I always find very quickly a solution for all of my problems. Now, however, I was completely overwhelmed by emotions, and I didn't know what to do. And the funny thing was that I knew that the relationship was not good anymore. It was months that was it was not anymore nice. It was almost toxic, you know. And still, I felt so much longing for that person. And that was very strange for me. So I was looking for anything that could help me to feel better. And the first thing what I realized that, that there's so much out there for women. Like the whole internet is full of stuff for women, right? There's so many breakup courses, breakup coaches, everything. For women, it's overwhelming what is out there. For men, however, there is almost nothing, right? Like almost absolutely nothing. And then I found out, believe it or not, Sam, that we men suffer more from a breakup than women do. That's what science says. We speak here from PRG, post-relationship grief. That means a woman is maybe, first of all, suffering more, right? Um, and shows it, obviously, also. But uh, the man is maybe, first of all, looking like he's all right, but he will suffer something much longer, even years after the breakup. Why? Because we men have no idea how to process our emotions. And because of that, what we do is we suppress. And me personally, when I went into this research, I realized that I did this my whole life, right? I thought about it and I said, like, when did you cry the last time, Jonas? And I didn't know an answer. I was like 15 to 28. Okay. So I thought this is strange, right? Because like I should have emotions <laughs> and somehow like everything that just came up that was sadness or things that was like weak emotions, I just suppressed them, you know? And that's why I was really like curious and I was like, okay, I want to get in touch with my emotions again. So I went on a spiritual retreat 
Um, there was one week of New Year's, and um, in this retreat, people were really connected to their emotions. So basically what they did, they closed their eyes and they started to swing their arms so that basically they eased up their bodies. And then they started crazy to laugh, started really badly to cry. And it was just like a, like emotional <laughs> chaos around me, right? But the only thing that I thought that was just like, my God, shut up, because I cannot concentrate on my emotions. <laughs> So I was like not feeling anything. And I was like, this is not possible. And then I was after one week, I said, you know what? Like, I mean, I came here to feel that, well, you know, I wanted to have success, right? <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to take a private lesson. That's what I did. And um, she, I went for whole Berlin. It was really raining. I remember that. And she took me up in some room and she did some massage with me. So easy me up. And then she did a regression with me where she put me back into my childhood. Basically, it was the first moment where I started to suppress my emotions. And uh, when we went there, um, it was really a big breakthrough for me. So I started to cry for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, half hour. Like it was just everything coming out. But why I'm telling you this um, is since this moment, I'm so much more connected again with my emotion, right? So I really, I like, I, I, my whole life is so much more intensive. And I do believe, and this is something that I found out for myself, that the key for a happy life for us men is to understand and process our emotions. And that's why my calling came, right? So basically, I came home from this retreat and I was sitting in meditation because I meditate every day. And I had this calling, Johannes, you need to do something to help men over breakup. And um, I was really going there deep into research. And first of all, I found out that love is an addiction. And believe it or not, it's actually one of the hardest addictions in the world, if not the hardest addiction. And this triggered me to really dive deep. And I found out a lot of science and I found a lot of stuff that helped me to feel better in a very short time of approximately eight weeks, right? And then I had this, this idea to just to share my knowledge with the world. So I created a course that helps men over breakup um, together with a friend that helped me with that. And until today, we helped over 3,500 men with alcohol. And then after that, I was really like, I wanted to do it professional. And I'm a big fan of Jay Shady, long time. And when he started his coaching certification for me, I didn't think for a second. So, and I did it. And then I went certified. And today is all what I really feel for and what is my biggest desire is to help men over breakup. It's just what I'm born for. I feel this every day and I feel that my work makes such a big That's awesome, man. Yeah. Look, <laughs> it's it's so important. I can I can think for myself about how I used to process breakups um when I was a young adult up until probably a couple of years ago. Uh and you know, now it's just because I'm so in touch with my emotions, so able to look at life from a different perspective, I just don't have that same experience. And, you know, like I, um, you know, I think one of the things you really touched on there is this idea of the addiction. And I think that's really what's uh, key to, to look at because, you know, one thing we, we've, we've talked about together is the way in that the brain is actually creating a perception of reality for us, which is not real, right? What's the brain actually? The brain is not seeing, you know, all these memories. It's just giving, it's all these different neural pathways, which are, you know, they don't look like anything. If you looked on a monitor, it would just be like different stimuli. It doesn't have any kind of, you know, it doesn't look like the person that you used to date. It doesn't look like the experience you had when you were holding their hand the first time and they were, you know, connected and deeply in love with you. It doesn't show you any of that stuff. That's just all of what we're creating for ourselves based on our perception of reality. And the brain is predicting what it wants to bring more forward. And that's all these memories. But of course, that's giving us not what we really want. And I want to you know, give you an opportunity to share a little bit about what you do with your clients when it comes to shifting them from this idea that the brain only shows us nice memories and look at what, 
how is that actually holding them back? And how is it actually keeping them in a loop where it's almost impossible to get over a breakup? Mm-hmm. I think uh, one thing what we need to understand very importantly here is that the brain is not our friend in this kind of situation. So basically why? It's because like, obviously when we love somebody, right? Our brain is also loving this other person. And now when we finish the relationship, it would be amazing if our brain would just could stop loving the other person. But unfortunately it doesn't, right? <laughs> so, and that's why basically what the brain does is like, because like I said, love is this addiction. So, and the brain is like really wanting to have this, create this craving on the other person his drug yeah it's like the drug from the brain so because you cannot have the other person anymore what it does it gives you like i call it the methadone right so it gives you basically the methadone through showing you nice pictures happy memories right and because why does that because it wants to help you to ease the pain but unfortunately right this helps only for a minute or so like for the time when you watch these pictures and when you see them and you are like oh my god it was all so nice but unfortunately directly after when you wake up, you realize that the other person is gone. You feel even more pain. You fell in the deep. You feel in the deep hole, right? And and that's the biggest problem here. And that's why I call it chasing the dream of the beautiful times. Like similar to my relationship, right? Like I said, for me, months was bad. Months, very bad. But all that I saw when it finished was our first kiss, our time in the holidays. You know, the, the taking on the Eiffel Tower, all these nice memories. It just came to me, right? And I didn't see anything like there was no communication anymore. We were just she was just sitting ten hours on her phone. You know what I mean? Like these kind of things. I didn't see that anymore. So what I did and what helped me massively with that to basically understand better and get clarity was, it sounds cheesy, right? But like to create the pro and consulate, right? So basically you write down all the pros that she had and co- compare it with all the cons. And you give even an importance, like how important is it on a scale from one to five? And then after you can see what's really going on, right? Because when the relationship finished, for sure, there has been a lot of reasons why it went that way, right? And this you get see very clearly when you get the pro and consulate. So it helped me massively to get better clarity and to get over it. Yeah, and that speaks so well to the neuroscience, right? Like I was reading uh, a book, which is called Why the Fuck Can't I Change? And the author, Gabija Tokioletti, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce your name, but great book, uh, was talking about her work and talking about uh, Dr. John Martini, And what Martini was talking about is the way in which um, we process this experience for breakup and the amygdala is bringing us despair. Like that's the, you know, automatic response mechanism, which is in play. And like you, he, he talks about the idea of creating a list and creating a list of things which actually work about the fact that you've broken up. You know, what, what's better about this situation? And if you can come up with a list of up to 50 or more, it actually provides an opportunity for the amygdala to no longer be in control. And what it allows is the prefrontal cortex to come into play. And the prefrontal cortex has a more calming effect. It's allowing you to have more flexibility in the way you're thinking. Because if the amygdala is in control, what's going to be happening is it's going to be very binary, the way you see the picture of reality right now. And that picture is going to be based on despair. Everything is lost. You know, who will ever love me again? I'm unlovable. All this sort of stuff, which most of us can relate to experiencing at some point in time. But obviously, if we took a moment to step back from ourselves, we would understand that's actually not true. But we get so caught up in the experience of a breakup that we don't even have an opportunity to step back from ourselves and reflect. So there's no opportunity for the prefrontal cortex to be in the driver's seat. And so we have to give ourselves this opportunity by actively taking this step to be like, okay, here's one thing which is good about this. Here's another. 
and here's another. And it's not to sugarcoat the fact like you still broke up. That might still be painful in some way, but you want to create a balance in the initial period so that the period in which you experience despair is shortened. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I 100% agree. Like what I also do with my clients, like I said, it sounds a little bit um, manipulative, right? <laughs> but we need to understand that our brain is manipulating us in this time, right? And we need to find a strategy to fight back. So that's why what I used, right, is basically I took the three worst points of my brain const list. And whenever my mind is showing me these happy memories and these nice moments, I just throw this against them, right? So basically she was, I don't know, always late. She was very negative. She doesn't support me. Stuff like this, like really bad things, right? And you throw them against your brain and your brain will quickly understand that it's better to be over. <laughs> yeah, look, I think that's that's a pretty important lesson to be able to learn, you know, to be able to see like what wasn't working about this situation. And, you know, I have a slightly different point of view because I personally believe it's possible in almost any circumstance um, to be able to, to create that relationship again uh, without having to go through the breakup. Um, that's ju- and that's just been from something that I've discovered for myself. But I can see, that, you know, there are times where it seems like this is the best course of action. And if it does end, you do want to have a pathway to be able to deal with that powerfully rather than being stuck in, oh, this should have been, there should have been a way to salvage it because that's not going to help anyone. You know, there mm-hmm. are obviously many times where a relationship ends, even when you don't want it to, and you need some tools to be able to deal with it so that you're not stuck, you know, crying on the floor and wallowing and thinking this is, you know, it's never going to get better than this. You know, that was the, that was the love of my life. And now I've, now I've lost her. Now what? Mm-hmm. And I, I can, I can certainly look for myself at times where, you know, that's, that's how it looked in the immediacy. It looked like, oh my God, like I literally declared, you know, publicly, I'm going to be, you know, it's the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Um, and then when that was over, it was just like one felt like a sense of like, what an idiot. Like how, how you declared this publicly and now it's over so quickly. Um, and I'd seen people in my family who, who made public declarations before and, you know, had, had felt sorry for them that they'd been so public. And then, um, and then for me to experience the same thing, I was just like, oh, geez, now you've done it too, right? It's like, but that was just the immediate response. That was because I was at that moment stuck in the, I can't believe this has happened. I can't believe they've decided to walk out in this moment without any notice and mm-hmm. you know that that ended for me in the most it it ended in the most bizarre way but it also started in the most bizarre way because mm-hmm. you know my relationship started the you know the moment she said do you want to move in with me and i was like okay i trust this woman let's do it and we hadn't we literally hadn't been in a relationship at all at that moment but mm-hmm. there was something about her and there was the way that she saw me that gave me the confidence to just go let's do it Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll share later on a bit more about that relationship, but I'll talk a little bit about the close now because we're looking at the breakup itself. And when it ended, she came into my office and I was working on my doctorate at the time. And I've spoken about this in another episode. And she said, Sam, I'm not in love with you anymore. And I'm moving back to my mum's." And I was like, took a moment to process. Then I, uh, I went to our bedroom and I was like, oh, um, when did you decide this? Two days ago, it was a shock. Right. But you do have a habit of changing your mind quite frequently. Is this another one of those times? No, you've just got to understand I'm not the same person as I was before. And then an hour later, she was gone. Now, you know, in terms of ripping off a Band-Aid quickly, I guess that was as quick as one could rip. Um, And 
I can remember the way I process, processed it initially was, you know, on the floor, you know, in tears for 45 minutes straight, uh, mm-hmm. you know, cooking a steak and just literally tears falling into the, into the steak. You know, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was heartbreaking. So I, I can really, you know, get where, where men are at when it comes to that, that experience of, of heartbreak. But, you know, I think what's going to feed into what we want to talk about next is this idea of how we can get closure, how we can close the door so that we're able to move past these really difficult moments and not get stuck there as if this is, this is the future I'm now living into where no one is ever going to really love me. Even when I think someone says they want to spend the rest of their life with me, that's, that's not going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, first of all, I think what is very important is for us men to understand that for us, it's like that's why I was so surprised in a negative way that there's nothing out there for men because I believe that we men have to do a completely different process that a woman is doing. Like there's some similarities, but there's also other things that are completely different. And what I mean with that is that we men like are taught from children, like, yeah, big boys don't cry, man up, you know, like all this stuff. So we basically taught to not show, maybe not even to feel emotions, right? It's something that society just teaches us. And the funny thing is that because I spoke with a lot of people from different kind of culture backgrounds, it's all around the world almost, right? This goes for all cultures. A man has to be strong. Right. A man cannot show emotions. And that's why um, this is the main point why we suffer from PHG, because we have nobody like, for example, I don't know if you've known that, but uh, Louis House, for sure, you know him. Right. He um, said in an interview in London Real that uh, there has been statistics done that in the U.S., 48 percent of men don't even have one person with whom they can talk openly about everything in their life, mostly emotions. 48 percent. That's almost half. I mean, that's massive, right? And the funny story is like, because he wanted to know if this is true. So he asked his audience and he was mixed like man and woman. And he said like, okay, who of you talks at least once in a month about emotions? And the man, not even half of them hold their hands, right? The woman, like 100% of them hold their hands. And obviously they believe it or not, they talk about emotions almost every day. So for them, it's much easier to process emotions because they can talk to their girlfriends, they can talk to their family, they can cry and it's okay because society says that's fine because you're a woman, right? But when you're a man, it's a completely different story. You cannot just go to your friends and cry. You cannot just go there and just put your heart out. You know what I mean? Because the only thing what they will do, maybe you can go with them, watch football, and they will talk about five minutes about your problem and then you will talk about football. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because a man don't want to talk about emotions. Right. So that's why. But this is so important for us in this case to really find somebody. Obviously, they can work with coaches like me and you, um, but they can also just talk to somebody to, you know, like somebody that they really trust. Somebody like maybe if we think about it, maybe there's one friend that we say, look, this could be somebody that I can really talk to and I can trust these people. You know what I mean? And it helps us massively to really talk about because that's what I feel so much with my clients. I think for sure you're the same. When man has the opportunity to really open up, everything comes up. Like it just comes out because it's like, my God, it's like, I need to get this out, you know, because they have this feeling as well that it's need to come out a long time. So that's why I really recommend everybody that goes through a safe situation like this to stop suppressing emotion and start processing emotion. There's a lot of exercises and strategies that you can do that, obviously. Um, but this is something that we need to learn because if we don't process them, we will never really heal. And that's the main problem. So that's why I think that's such a critical point for us men. That's why I said it's so important to understand and process our emotions. That's the key to a happy life. And I think one thing I can I can see from what you're sharing is this, this very key idea that whatever you resist, 
persists. And so when it comes to emotions, if you're suppressing the emotions, that's actually a form of resistance. So you're resisting experiencing uh, the emotions that are there. And so there's no opportunity to to be with them and to be okay with it. Yes, right. Absolutely. I mean, Sigmund Freud says unexpressed emotions will never die. Will never die. Right. They are buried alive and will come forth later in uglier ways. And it's a funny story. So this is also a lot of times like this when we don't process emotions um, and we just suppress them all the time. We start dreaming of them, right? So that's why we have these dreams that we dream about our ex-partner having sex with someone else and blah, 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 because we just don't process it. So this is a clear sign there's something going on. Dreams show us a lot, right? So if these things are happening, you need to find a way to understand, to process your emotions. And if you don't find any friend, then go to one like me or Sam and talk to us, right? But it will help you massively to move forward when you learn as a man to process your emotion. Totally. You look, you know, like I, I've been fortunate in the sense that I was always someone who was able to cry. Like that wasn't mm-hmm. a challenge. But even though I was able to do that, there were periods in my life where I bottled it all up because there was so much shame about whatever I was going through that I didn't feel I could share. Um, and that wasn't necessarily always about relationships, but it was just about life in general. So I can just, I can see like if someone like me who has never had a trouble, you know, crying, never been afraid to do that, um, could still get to the point where something happens and it's just like, all right, I've got to keep it all together now. Then, you know, for most men, it's just like, it's on, it's on speed, essentially. Like you've, you've that experience of having to be all together all the time and just keep going forward is uh it's toxic absolutely and the worst thing what you can do and that's what actually unfortunately also a lot of men but also women do is go straight into the next relationship like that's the worst thing that you can do ever because like it's also very unfair to the new partner but that's anyway clear but you don't care in this moment but you know like you go with all your old baggage nothing is solved nothing is processed nothing is healed and you take all this shit and you go into the next relationship that's so unfair first of all and second it's doomed to fail you know like, if you cannot be happy alone, you will not be happy with somebody else. It's very yeah, simple. what I noticed there is, like, from, from my own experience, and I was, in both cases, the person who uh, joined, came into a relationship with a person who just ended. And those ones, there was background guilt around what had happened in the past, which hadn't been dealt with. And that kept coming forward into the existing relationship with me. Uh, and you know, they, did those, they didn't last. You know, there were good parts about it, but they, they ultimately didn't last. So if we don't actually process out what was there before, if we don't get to the source of what happened and um, what we've made it mean about ourselves and everything else, then it's just going to keep festering forward into the next. And that's where it's, you know, it's so important to break the pattern that you have around relationships. And, you know, if you look at a breakup as an opportunity to break your existing pattern, then you get an opportunity to not just heal from the exist that, that breakup, but to move forward into any other relationship with a completely different context, with a comp- with with you know the freedom to be, the freedom to create the relationship that you want, because you're not blocked by any past hurt, which means that you see that person through the lens of the past hurt, where you have to hold on to certain ideas like, can I really share that? Because they may make that mean that, and then maybe they won't like me, or maybe they, you know, I need to only show this aspect of myself, because if I don't, you know, that's one part which I'm proud of, or I don't accept, or they won't accept, or any of the kind of bullshit you have running through your brain. And it's not your brain doing the thinking, it's your brain predicting how you're going to react to these situations and how someone else is going to react based on this expectation that the future is going to resemble the past. 
Absolutely. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. So, but that's why it's so important. Like that's why a breakup can be such a big opportunity, right? Sometimes when you have a breakup, it's time to wake up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I also love that. I just made that up now. <laughs> a breakup, it's time to wake up. No, because it's true, because basically it's like life shows you lessons, right? And the point is like life will show you the lesson again and again until you finally get it. That's how it works, right? So that's why a, life, a breakup can be the perfect opportunity to really understand your patterns. Like, what do you do all the time that brought you to this situation? I think it's very important as well that we go out of victimhood because a lot of times it's like, oh, they're so mean to us. Or, oh, oh, oh. But, you know, it's just like this kind of victimhood that will bring us nowhere. We have to go and take over responsibility. When we start to take over responsibility, we can really see what we did wrong, why it came to that point, right? And also maybe which kind of partner did, have we been? Which kind of partner did we choose? Maybe even unconsciously. Like for example, a person, a thing for me that came out, right? Was that I realized that I'm a rescuer. Mm. That means basically I attracted women that they had a low self-esteem, that needed some help, whatever, because I said unconsciously wanted to help them, but I couldn't, obviously, okay? And, but that's why also I was like, a lot of times coming into a situation that I just could not anymore because I realized that, I, you know, they, I, I can't help them. They need to help themselves somehow. And when I, I realized that and I broke the patterns, I understood why I attracted this kind of girl. And then I changed the pattern. And since then, it's a completely different story, right? Absolutely. Look, you know, if you break that pattern, you get to create that next relationship from nothing. You know, whatever relationship you want for your dreams. And that's what I get to have for myself now, right? But the one thing we haven't spoken about probably enough yet is this the need to actually give up on, I can get it back. Yeah, absolutely. It's closing the door. I call it closing the door with my clients. It's such an important part because as long as you have just like a small, like small bit of hope, right? It's almost impossible for you to move forward. Nice, you think, oh, maybe it could because I'm not, blah, 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 blah. it's doomed. Like, it's like, it will, first of all, it will be really something that keeps you completely stuck, so you cannot move forward, right? And second, on the other hand, when you do it finally, it helps you massively to move. Because as soon as you, you give up this hope, you open up a new possibility of new, uh, new experience coming into your life, right? But as long as you're stuck, you don't go nothing. So what I do with my clients, and actually that's something that science says, Dr. Helen Fisher, that she is like one of the best in this area. If somebody's interested in going more into the topic, love is an addiction, study the stuff of Dr. Helen Fisher and Dr. Lucy Brown. Very interesting stuff. She put people in a brain scanner and basically she realized that uh, the whole things that happen in our brain are very similar to the brain of a coconut addict, for example. You know that, right? When they look at the picture, like they made studies, like we're looking for people that basically just went through a breakup and they put them in the brain scanner looking at pictures of their of their loved ones. And the, the brain was doing exactly the same like in a coconut addict, right? And this was very interesting. So, but then you, you understood, like it helped me so much to understand this thing, that what's happening inside me, it uh, helped me so much because for us men, I think it's so important that we get facts, right? We want like facts, we want the science. And that's why it helped me as a man so much to understand what's happening inside me to really move forward. So, but what I wanted to say with the, with the closing the door thing, so what science is saying, and in this case, Dr. Helen Fisher and her colleagues, they say we need to basically remove everything that reminds us of them because every kind of contact is only delaying the healing process. But that's why obviously we say we have to go no contact. No contact is the first thing, but also we have to remove everything that reminds us from them. That means like if we have a flat and we have lived together, everything that is from them, we need to get out. 
completely. Everything that you have of them, and even if it's like a blanket that you use together, whatever it is, you need to pack a big box and put everything inside and put it somewhere where you cannot find it anymore. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, if you don't want to burn it or directly give it away because you want to keep the memories fine, put it somewhere where you cannot see it and where you also cannot feel it. Like don't put it in the same area because even energy is there, you know what I mean? So you put it on the top of your house, or I don't know, in a garage, something like that, right? But far away from it. But that's very important. And then the next thing, and this is something that was hard for me in the start, was you need to remove all pictures on social media with them. Because when you go through your social media, you get always reminded and you don't want to see that, right? So that's the funny thing. You don't want to see, like, that's why also I say you need to unfollow all social media journals. If you don't want to block them, at least unfollow them. If you don't, if you know that when you unfollow, you will still look at them, block them. <laughs> Do it at least for some time, right? Because the point is like every contact is delaying the healing process. And that's the problem is like, if, you, 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 if this happening, you don't want to see them happy. Yeah, surrounded by maybe new boyfriends. You don't want to see them sad, maybe thinking they want you back. You don't want to see them at all, right? You just want to focus really on yourself. You want to be there with your six pack and your pack of crisp and watch Netflix without getting annoyed by the pictures of them, right? That's what you want to do. And you want to really start to focus on yourself. So that's why I say it's such an important part, especially in today's time, to also not just remind and move everything from them in your home and life, but also remove them from your social media because that's where you are the whole day, right? And when you see them all the time, it will not help you. It will do the opposite. And that's why it's such an important part to like, I call it the golden rule, unfollow all social media. It's, a, it's an interesting one. It's um, I have a different approach, uh, but that's been post, post breakup, not in the immediate, but uh, like where years later to create a clearing in a relation, relationships going forward, create a, different experience of who that person is because one mm-hmm. thing that uh i found is that you could take on you know the person who they were when you were in the relationship the person who they were when they broke up with you or vice versa becomes like a fixed entity in your life mm-hmm. and then you might be like i never want to forgive this person because that's who they are right mm-hmm. and then in that's inside of that view or they didn't trust me or whatever it was or the some betrayal whatever the point of view that you had in the relationship becomes the point of view which you hold on to right? Mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. is not healthy. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you could, um, you could block and all that, but I would, I would suggest that you're just still suppressing something. So, mm-hmm. you know, you might want to do that as a temporary measure, but in the, but in the future to actually create a, a blank slate. So you're not just suppressing that you, you want to actually communicate <laughs> with that person. And now that's going mm-hmm. against what Johannes is sharing here, but you know, what I found for myself and what created complete freedom to go into relationships with no story mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. to be in communication with every single one of the people that I'd been in a relationship with mm-hmm. where either I'd hurt them or they'd hurt me mm-hmm. and to complete it, either to apologize mm-hmm. authentically mm-hmm. for the way I was or mm-hmm. to, um, to say, you know, what I want for you is to have the love that everyone deserves. Mm-hmm. And what that did was created so much ease and peace of mind, even mm-hmm. in relationships where I never expected to want to forgive the person because mm-hmm. they, you know, my trust had been questioned and the trust was such a fundamental core value to me that for someone to not trust me meant that they weren't worth my time. But, you know, mm-hmm. something happened where years later I was, you know, in a space, in a leadership program where I just had a moment. I was like, I want to get in contact with this person. I didn't have their contact details. The only way... Uh, they blocked me, I think, on, you know, the normal channels. Uh, it was just like Facebook Messenger. She a messenger contact for whatever reason. So I I sent these audio messages of mm-hmm. to, to share, like, 
to, to really share like how grateful I was for the experience of being with her and for what I got to, you know, the, the great memories that I have and to be so sorry that, you know, things ended the way they did. Mm-hmm. And to say like, I really hope you've got to have the love that you want. And when she, she wrote back, you know, mm-hmm. and she wrote back and she said, you must think I hate you. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I see, you know, I saw you were a good guy. I was going through this situation and mm-hmm. through that, this is how the world looked. And this is, and I was trying to deal with all of what I was dealing with inside of our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I got to see the maturity of this woman from, you know, four or five years later, I can't remember how many years now, um, from a completely different lens. And, and mm-hmm. I now got to recreate who she was, right? Mm-hmm. Because we get to stick, we get to create out whatever framing we want for someone. We have a listening of people. And particularly when it comes to relationships and breakups, you can listen to someone as who they were when the relationship ended. Mm-hmm. And you can suppress all of that. But if you do so, you continue to listen to them into the future from that mm-hmm. rather than getting to recreate who they are really, which is something you don't know. Mm-hmm. And when I stand in, I don't know who this person is. I get the opportunity to be like, wow, I got to have this really beautiful relationship. Okay, it ended. But here's mm-hmm. what I learned. Here's how I got to grow as a human being inside of that. Here's why I'm grateful for that experience. And here's why I'm not stuck in the point of view of this is who they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, like I never said, um, Sam, that you have to block them forever or something like this. I mean, Facebook, for example, gives you this beautiful opportunity that I saw just now that basically you can just uh, be unfriend them for some time, for example. Right. So then yeah. if you don't want to block them, do that. Okay. So, but like what I want to say with it, just take some time that you're completely on your own without them. Okay. If you want to afterwards have a communication again, I don't know, after six months, eight months, I don't know, something, the time that you take that you really need. Right. But I mean, like you can definitely have this communication. I'm like very good friend with my first big love, right? So today, for example, but it took us ages of time, like two, three, four years where we didn't communicate. Then we met each other again. We talked to blah, blah, blah. And today we are good friends because obviously she knows me like nobody else. I grew up with her my all my, you know, so that's the thing. So it's good to have this kind of friendship. I don't say that. Actually, it's the only one that I'm really good friend with. But um, what I want to say with it is, first of all, take this time completely without her seeing her anything, whatever. That's the most important part. Because like, because it's also something for the brain. It's something for the addiction that we talk here, right? If you give her a little bit, if you give the addiction a little bit, it wants more again. And that's why the science is saying it's delaying the healing process. And that's why I'm saying, like, for example, obviously it's complicated when you have children together or something, you know, when you have children together, then the scientists say really, really um, regulate the contact only on the children. All right. But don't sit together and blah, blah, blah. Just don't do this in this time because you really need time to heal. And you can only heal when you're completely on your own and without the other person. Yeah, look, for sure, man. I, I, and there can definitely be situations where I think that's, that's definitely the right course of action. And I, so I, I'm, I'm sympathetic to what, to, what, to what you're saying. It's good that there is a way to temporarily potentially uh, you know, not have contact with someone, even if it's not a permanent uh, and even if you don't know for yourself whether it's going to be a temporary or permanent, that's not important. Taking the time for sure to, you know, for you to get complete on it is is really what's going to be critical. Um, and you know, f- f- from there, I want to say a little bit about where I was in my when I this uh, this relationship, which I thought was going to last the rest of my life, and that's what had been declared. Was a friend of mine basically called me up and he got me to see that I was in this pattern, and my pattern was essentially like it has to be them. And who that person, who them was, kept changing over time. But whenever I was in a space of either uh, liking someone or in a relationship, it was kind of like, if it's not them, then who? 
um, instead of looking at what are the values that I have that I want this other person to have in a relationship? What do I actually want to create in a relationship? So I started to think and then to look at how to create a relationship, not to just fall into a relationship, but to create a relationship, you know, and that was invaluable. But the other thing which I got was I got to break the idea of what a relationship would look like. Because one of the beautiful things in in my relationship was that I, because I took the plunge of moving in uh, with them so quickly, everything was, was new and exciting. But I sped up the process for the future of being scared about, oh, can I ask someone to move in with me after six months? You know, there was no fear. I just got really clear. This person is aligned with my values. I love them. I don't have any doubt about that. And I want to spend the rest of my life with them. Don't have any doubt about that. All right, let me speak into that. And let me keep speaking into that so that this person really sees that this is who they are for me. And when I spoke into that over and over, the person who I love and now live with, you know, moved in with me in the same month that I said, I want to move in with you in April. And we moved in together in April. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what did you learn from that then in general? Well, I learned, (laughs) I think I learned that I can create whatever relationship I want to create just by really seeing like what's aligned with who I want to be with. And, mm-hmm. and I learned that because the person that I used to be with was dealing with a hell of a lot, my capacity to love was way bigger than I ever thought. You know, I, I had a view that if someone's struggling, then I don't really want to be in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I know how I used to do when I was struggling and I wasn't a good person to be around. So like, I don't want to attract that kind of person. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this situation, I saw that that was irrelevant. What mattered to me was who the person is to me not whether they're dealing with something. So now it doesn't matter what someone's dealing with. I can be with any of it. You know, I love them in spite of the struggle. I, I love them so I can help them deal with the struggle. And I love them so, and we transform the struggle to something beautiful. So mm-hmm. that's what has been probably one of the biggest lessons for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in general, like we maybe also should talk about um, forgiveness, I think, because forgiveness is such a, uh, big topic especially for us men like first of all we need to forgive our partner but even more importantly to forgive ourselves right this is something that we have no idea from and um, it's such a big 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 thing also energy rise i don't know like uh, if you have seen maybe um the movie what's called with hector hector's world or something like that's basically ah, hector on the search for happiness have you seen it i have not it's a great movie so basically it's all about their measure Uh, what's happening in his brain, right? And they measure different kind of emotions. Mm. It's all about emotions, the movie. And um, he's looking for happiness. And the moment when he starts to forgive himself, it creates an energy that is absolutely massively. So you can basically scientifically measure that. Like forgiveness is like one thing that gives us so much energy, like nothing else, right? So that's why it's important. So we need to learn uh, to forgive. And also, again, we men, sometimes you have no clue. We didn't have this bitch, you know, like, you know, we talk very badly about our ex-partners, right? And just normal, but I'm the man, it's fine. Like, we talk about this, like this morning, you know, like very, very, like in a very bad way. And But as long as we do that, that's another part again, we are not really healing. There's this beautiful saying that say, forgiveness is a gift that you give to yourself. I love that, right? Um, or Buddha that is saying, like, if you hold anger and resentment, it's the same like you hold a burning coal, right? A hot coal with the intent on throwing it at somebody. You're the one that is getting burned, right? 
So basically here, um, also when we keep this anger and this resentment, the one that is suffering is us, right? It can be like the other person doesn't do their mourning at all anymore suffer, but we suffer on a daily basis, right? And I'm with my clients, I work through a lot of guilt and stuff. There's a lot of men that are full of guilt. And this is something that is really bad, hey? Like, you know, they, 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 we ask ourselves what we did wrong, and it's just something that stays inside here because we have also no idea how to deal with it. But there's a lot of kind of techniques and strategies that you for sure already also know, right, that you can do to learn to really forgive. And it's such an important part in our way of healing because only when we really forgive, again, we are free of baggage, right? I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. The uh, the idea of forgiveness being for you, not for them, uh, in at its core is is so critical. Because you know, whether or not they get to experience your forgiveness, if if you felt like you had to forgive yourself, that, that can be really powerful. But what's going to be more powerful is to be free yourself because you've forgiven yourself authentically. And you know what that can look like is you, know, you write a letter. You write mm-hmm. a letter where you you let you let out whatever's there. You don't try and craft a letter. You just write whatever's there. You let it pour all out until you're ready to say goodbye. And you close it with that. Not with a like, I hope to see you again or any of this sort of stuff to give your brain hope. No, just say goodbye. And it doesn't matter whether or not you may see them again in the future. That's irrelevant. What we're looking to do is to shift the way that the brain is predicting how you're going to look at that situation so that you can actually create closure about that situation. Absolutely. I love that. This is also something that I do with my clients um, are writing the letter. And what I also like to do is because obviously after what you should do, like when you're done with the letter, right? So basically you should read it out loud or to yourself or to someone that you trust. And then you have to destroy the letter because why? Because you don't want to go over this all the time again and again. You want to do it once (laughs) and then you want to destroy it and you can rip it up. Or what I love to do is burn it because in the process of burning, this is this ritual, you know, that I like about it. So basically you do like, and you feel in this moment, you let everything go when the flames are going up, right? And it's going fine. So basically I like that a lot um, to do that with my clients because I believe also it helps massively to really, first of all, close the door and second, to help, it helps us with forgiveness. Amazing. So, you know, what we promised you at the beginning of this podcast was learning strategies to get over a breakup in 10 weeks or less. And we shared you shared with you some of the different teachings and different methods that you can bring into your life now to make massive progress in dealing with a breakup if you're going through a breakup. And now I just want to thank Johannes for taking the time to come. And Johannes, how can people get in contact with you if they want to reach out? You can get me over Johannes Fessler Coach, for example, over Facebook. You find me very quickly because my bro- my profile is public, so you, everybody can find me. You can reach out to me there. Um, also, you find me on Instagram on Emotional Support for Men, over Facebook as well, Emotional Support for Men. Um, or you just, if you know Sam, reach out to him and he gives you for sure my content. <laughs> And yeah, exactly. But find me over Facebook, actually. That's the easiest way to just pop me a message or write me a comment or whatever. And I'm happy to get in contact with you and obviously help you. Because if you're in this situation, um, I'm really, really more than happy to show you all the strategies and techniques that you can use to go over your prior breakup in a fast but effective way. Because that was only like the tap of the iceberg that we shared today. There's so much more. And I know from one thing for sure, like because society always says time is everything. I know from experience, time doesn't have anything. 
the right techniques, strategies like closing the door, really forgiving, understanding what's happening inside the body, processing its existing emotions. These are the stuff that help you. I couldn't agree more. The idea that time heals all wounds is complete bullshit. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. So learn, learn from people who've gone through it and come out the other side and know how to help. So thank you again, Johannes. And, you know, I look forward to hearing from all of you who've, you know, got value from this and for you to share, like, what have you seen for yourself in, in listening to this episode? Thank you. Whether you're a relative veteran of this podcast or a new listener, thank you for taking the time to listen. If you've got value from this podcast, then I invite you to go to lovethepodcast.com slash thishumeanlife and share your biggest takeaway so that more people can discover and be impacted by this work. I have a special opportunity for those of you who want to go deeper in the area of relationships. This is for you if you want to experience the freedom to create your relationships without baggage. For a limited time, you can book a 30-minute revitalize your relationship call with me simply by going to bit.ly slash revitalize now.